Well, it's good to always be back here in the house of the Lord with the Lord's people here at Trinity Village. Uh, if you have a Bible, we're going to continue in our study in John chapter 15. And I think Brother Shah stopped at verse 4 last week, and we're going to continue to verse 5 this week. Um, I got a question for you all. Who wrote the book of John? John. Good job. Now, John found in the Old Testament or the New Testament? It's in the Old Testament. I'm going to go with Mr. Gaddy this morning. Yes, ma'am. Where is that at? Where is that at? Where is that at? That's in the New Testament. Show me. Yes, ma'am. It's in the New Testament. Yes, ma'am. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are called the New Testament. They're in the New Testament called the Gospels. The good news is shared by like a biography of the life of Jesus. But more than the biography, it shows you also how Jesus has saved his people from their sins. So in John, we are at the place when Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. He has to go into the garden. He's got to be betrayed by Judas. You guys remember Judas? One of the closest friends that were close to him and still betrayed him and went and kind of backstabbed him. And so Jesus is getting ready to be betrayed. And I mean, it's around the time he's been betrayed. But also Jesus is getting ready to be go to be crucified. So Jesus actually talks to the disciple. He tells him in verse one and chapter 15. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes. That it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branches cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the vine dresser branches. Whoever abides in me and in I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Let me pray for us and let's walk through this word here together. Our Father, God, in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this great opportunity, Lord, to be before you and your people. Lord, Lord, you ask, Lord we ask you right now, Lord, to help us with this word here this morning. Um, give me words, Lord, that come from you and come from heaven above. Lord, words that come from your word, Lord, that uh, I can preach your word faithfully to encourage your saints and exalt you at this time. So, Lord, we ask you to bless us at this time, Lord, soften the hearts and let your word fall on fertile ground. That express of life, Lord, out of all of us here at this time. And I pray for those that might not believe in you this morning, that for them to hear this precious word, Lord, for them to turn from their sinful ways and put their faith in you. So, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to be able to go before us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Again, we have been learning about Jesus as he getting ready to go away. And John 14 is what we normally hear at funerals. And we don't have to hear this at funerals all the time, but we normally always hear this at funeral in John 14. Let not your heart be 
trouble. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my house are many rooms or mansion. If it were not so, would I have told you that? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to my self. Jesus explains here to his disciples that he must go away to better to better to go to prepare a way for his people. They don't have the heart to be troubled. This word trouble gets the word being afraid. Because think about it. The disciples now for the last three years, they have been with Jesus. They have walked with Jesus. They have been with Jesus. They have saw Jesus do many miracles. The lame, right? When they meet Jesus, Jesus made the lame walk. Those that had disease, Jesus was able to cure. Like my sister just mentioned here. The woman had an issue of blood. She touched Jesus' garment and what happened? She was cured. And the disciples had to see all these major miracles. And what was, uh, what was one of the first miracles we saw in the scriptures? What did Jesus do? Turn the water into wine. At a wedding party. That's how, that's how y'all like y'all wedding parties. Is it? Y'all like that wine, don't you? There might be other names for y'all. Y'all might be saying cognac and Hennessy and everything else, don't you? Come on now, now. Y'all ain't been saved all your life now. Yeah, about that grinning. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Jesus, when he turned the water into wine, it was a miracle there. Jesus has showed throughout his ministry that if something was a need, he was the one to bring peace in a situation of disparity. Disciples saw these things. Now, at this point in Jesus' ministry now, we had a place now that Jesus must go away. Do you think the disciples wanted Jesus to go away? They was connected to the plug. Y'all know what the plug is, don't you? Y'all know what the plug is. But Jesus was, I mean, the disciples were connected to Jesus. And whatever Jesus would do, they get the benefit from it. When Jesus fed the 5,000, the disciples, all of them got to eat good. Fish and bread. They were eating good. It was better than Golden Corral. They was able to eat and they were able to continue eating. Over and over and over and over. As they was connected with Jesus, they was able to see the miracles of Jesus. When they was afraid, Jesus was able to come to their rescue. When Peter was called to walk on the water, he was afraid. But as he had his eyes fixed on Jesus, he never fell in the water. But Jesus came there to rescue him. Over and over again, when Jesus saw his disciples in need, he came through and rescued them and cared for them. Jesus has shown that he's the faithful Savior that loves his people. He's the faithful God that long as you call upon him and trust him, he will provide for you and for me and for everyone. He's a faithful God. 
He's very faithful. But now Jesus must go away. So the disciples are upset. They're mad like, no, you must not go away. If you go away, well, who's going to be here for us? So they did not want to go away. And Mark tells us is that one of the disciples that didn't want Jesus to go away was Peter. Peter rebuked Jesus like, no, you're not going nowhere, brother. You're going to stay right beside me. I remember one time when I was about four or five years old, we stayed behind Mad Butcher on Blake. Anybody, raise your hand you know a Mad Butcher used to be at on Blake. It's still there. Well, I ain't seen no Mad Butcher still there. All right, right there. It's right there. I live two blocks from You told me that, did you? Yes, ma'am. And so a Mad Butcher right there. I remember we stayed down the road from my mom saying, baby, I got to run to the store real quick. I'm coming right back. Stay right here. My mom left me. She went to the grocery store. It was just 30 seconds down the road. It wasn't that far down the road. And I cried, y'all. I cried. I was scared. Don't tell all my friends that I always tell them I'm tough. I was scared, ladies and gentlemen. I was so scared because my mom went away. I was terrified. And I was crying. And I saw my mom car pull back up. And she saw them tears in my eyes and everything. Boy, what's wrong with you? I thought you wasn't going to come back. But in the same way, the disciples were scared. They were scared that Jesus, if he go away, they would be by themselves. But by Jesus going away, it was going to even make it even better for them. Because if he stayed there and not died for sin, the disciples' sins would have still been on them. Not only the disciples saying, Mr. Gaddy and Ms. Ashley and me and myself and everyone that's in the room, if Jesus didn't go to the cross, our sins would remain on us. So Jesus had to go away to make another place for us. He had to cleanse us and make a new home for us. And he died up on the cross. But the disciples were frustrated. Thomas even said in chapter 14, Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can, we, how can we know the way? And Jesus told him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus said is that, no way I'm just going to leave you. To get to the Father, you have to go through me. So, of course, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to go to the Father. I've got to prepare this place for you. The place is going to have many rooms for you. But I have to go to do this. And, and, and the fact right here that you're going to make it to this place by your faith in me. By believing in me, you will receive this. And so the test today kind of lies back into Jesus encouraging them. What does it mean to trust him? What does it mean to be with him? We learn in verse one that I am the true vine and my father is the, the vine dresser. This vine in, the, oh, in this time, vines would be used a lot of time for vine. You get grapes. Anybody ever been to a, um, a uh, like a, a, vine, a vineyard with a lot of grapes? Have you ever seen that before? How they make wine? Mr. Gaddy been in one. I've been in one before in Indiana. It's a whole line of um, these vines just, they hung up and they're all like in a straight line. And eventually they're ready 
they would get these grapes and they would actually eventually make wine out of them. Well, in Jesus' time, I was able to add, in Jesus' time, they used to do a little bit different. I was in Israel uh, some years ago, and I got a chance to see an uh, actual area where they were, how they would make grapes. So they would have these vines, they would pick all the grapes off of them, and they'll put the grapes in this, like this rock or this concrete area. And the ladies, mostly be ladies, would actually would step on these grapes. The ladies would step on them, the young kids would step on them because their feet were a little bit softer. Men had them hard feet, ashy feet, right? Them hard feet. So the ladies would step on them, and they would step on them, they would actually press on those grapes, right? And that juice would just flow all the way down into like a little basin, little basin area. It would flow down. But they would barely step on them because you don't want all the seeds and everything going in with the grapes. So they would barely step on them so just the, uh, just the grapes and stuff would come out of them. So the vine was very used in that day for grapes and for many different things. Um, Paul talks about drinking a little bit of wine was good for the stomach for health reasons and, and other purposes. And so wine and vine vineyard was very important in this particular day. So to have a vine was very important. But Jesus tells us, that, I said, I'm the true vine, but my father is the vine dresser. The vine dresser is the one that plants the vine. The one that makes sure the vines grow. So the vine only can do what the vine dresser allows it to do. And the vine dresser is the father. And Jesus only do what his father has called him to do. His father has called him for him and Jesus for him also volunteering and also honoring his father. Jesus died for his people. Jesus honored the father and secured the people for the father. So Jesus does what his father asked him to do. But the vine actually, in the same way, is just like the a vine is like Jesus. Vine, he's described as Jesus. He said, I'm the vine. The vine dresser is the father. Now, Jesus goes on in our test in verse 5 today. He said, I'm the vine again, he said, just like he said in verse 1. But now Jesus said, you are the branches. Have you ever seen a vine crawl up on a branch? It goes all up and down the branch, doesn't it? Okay. Well, if the vine is producing grapes and it goes all up and down the branch, can the branch get credit for the grapes? Who get credit for the grapes? The vine. But in the same way, though, is that the vine is actually resting upon the branch. So the branch get the benefit from the grapes. And the, the, the branch, uh, the branch is one of these beneficiaries and everything because the vine is growing on that particular branch. Okay? Just like somebody being married. I'm being messy now, y'all. I'm being messy. Somebody being married, right? And they worked all these years. And their spouse really didn't work them too much. And this particular person that made all this money over the years, and they're married to a spouse. Does the spouse get some of that money? Yes. Why does the spouse get some of the money? Why? Because they're married. By the law. What belongs to this spouse also belongs to this spouse. It don't matter who made it. It don't matter who did it. At the end of the day, by law, if you're married to someone, the spouse is actually beneficiary of whatever belongs to that spouse. 
Am I correct? I'm right, okay? Well, in a similar way, the branch. Even though the branch ain't did nothing but sit on that tree. The vine did everything, right? The vine went all up the tree and did everything, got the grapes. The branch can't produce no grapes. <laughs> but the vine produced the grapes. And by the vine produced the grapes, the branch actually benefits from that. The branch is like jumping up and down like, hey, I got grapes too. So you see how it works? The Lord God, the Father, plants the vine. The vine brings about the grapes. And actually, your branch actually be able to benefit from the producing of the grapes from the vine. That's how the Christian life is. That's how we are. Our Father that's in heaven, who had this redemptive plan to be able to, to save all who had set aside from the beginning of time. The Father sent his only son, Jesus, which was the vine. To die for his church was called the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. And so Christ is a true groom. By him being the true groom family and we being the bride, we get everything Jesus gets. If Jesus gets heaven, we get heaven with him. This is just not no regular term when people say they're married today. That's why marriage institution was created. A lot of times people say marriage because I love her. Oh, I love him. Y'all lay smiling now. I see y'all. Hey, y'all grinning. I love her or I love him. And I want to marry him and I want to have some babies. A lot of times marriage has, in our day has been so much about self, self, self. Marriage has been so much about what I can get and what she can get and what he can get. That's not the main purpose of marriage. Not the main purpose of marriage. Even with a hammer. What's the main purpose of a hammer? The, ham, the hammer things, right? Nails and things of that nature. Right. Is the hammer used to throw, to throw it at somebody? Is the hammer, is the, youth, the hammer supposed to be used to throw it at somebody? Well, in the same way, in marriage. Don't use a hammer in marriage, y'all. I'm, I'm not saying use a hammer in marriage. But what I'm saying though is that in marriage, the number one purpose in marriage is to know God. God used marriage to know him. Because marriage points to him, to Father and Jesus. Have my wife helped serve me and help me? She does these things. And she does all these things and for me to, to sacrifice my time for my wife, that points to Jesus. He sacrificed his life for us. And for us, we in a way, we encourage and we, we praise his name. We tell people about him. So marriage in heaven points to marriage on earth. You want to have a good marriage on earth? Look at the marriage in heaven. With Jesus, right? And here's what Heavenly people, which is us, the church. How Jesus loved the church? Hey, men, we should love our wives. And so just like the actual church get the benefit from Jesus, that this place that Jesus goes, this mansion that Jesus goes and prepare for us, this place prepared for us, it belongs to Jesus, but we get it too, family, as Christ, children of Christ. 
By being a Christ, we get to live in the house with him. Isn't that good news? We get to live with Jesus. And that's what our test is getting at here this morning. Is that I am the vine, you are the branch. Whoever abides in me, I in him. He is that that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. By being abiding, by resting in Jesus, by being in Jesus. How many of y'all know I made some good sweet potatoes during Thanksgiving? Put some butter in there. Y'all pop about two pounds of butter in there. And you put some brown, with the brown sugar, regular sugar. Brown sugar and everything in there. And you put it all together, what you got? You got some sweet potato pot, don't you? Ooh, some good stuff, ain't it? It's all together, isn't it? When you start eating it and all that, you can't separate the brown sugar and all that from it, can you? You can't separate the egg. It's all together. By us being in Christ, we are married to him and we cannot be separated from him. If Jesus looked good and Jesus is good, we are the part of, we are the people that look good with him. By us abiding in him. Just like that brown sugar abiding within that sweet potato pie. We also are abiding as well in Jesus. By us abiding in Jesus, we get the benefit of being with Jesus. It goes back to the tree. So whoever abides in me and I in him, it is that bears much fruit. Again, since this tree allowing, this branch allowing this vine to wrap around this, wrap around this branch, this branch as well is benefiting because this branch now is abiding within this vine. Since the vine produced grapes, this also branch. Right here, it's seen that's producing grapes. Even for us, for us that are in Jesus, we get everything that is in Jesus. So that's good news, family. That's some good news. Because all of us in this room, we are some very needy people, aren't we? We need this, we want this, we need this, we want this. By being in Jesus, we don't have to want anymore. That's why it tells us in Psalm 23. What's Psalm 23? For the Lord is my shepherd. Let's stop there. Let's say it again. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's say it louder. The Lord. We don't have to want. Because he's our shepherd. He gives his sheep what they need. He's the true shepherd. That's what a shepherd does. We shall not want. He provides for us. And for us abiding in Jesus, by being in Jesus, and being married to Jesus, family, we don't have to want because he provides for us. No matter what that may be. Being here at Trinity Village, our Lord provides for us. He cares for us. He gives us what we want. It's the reason why the water doesn't come right when you want it, Right? Sometimes we want water to come. We want the, the staff here to bring us water right now, don't we? But what is the Lord doing? The Lord doesn't allow it to be there right now because a lot of times the Lord is teaching you patience. 
We're so impatient at times, aren't we? We want things our way at that moment. But it's good that we don't get our way at the moment. It's good because the Lord is drawing us and making us more like him. And he teaches us to be more like him. He teaches us patience. Think about it. I always use this illustration. If you let a child eat honey buns and cupcakes and candy all night and never stop, what's going to happen to that baby eventually? They're going to get sick. What's going to happen to that baby teeth? They're going to rot. They're going to rot out. If you give a child what they want, it's going to destroy that child. Ain't that right, sister? That's right. It's going to destroy that child. In the same way, we are children of the Lord. I'm after the wrong one. <laughs> so listen to this. If the Lord gave us everything, think about this, everybody pause for just a second. All the things you ask for in this life, if you ask the Lord gave you everything you wanted, that man that you wanted, or that woman that you wanted a long time ago, think about that, that person. You're like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thought I wanted her. I thought I wanted him. But looking back at it, she was a mess or he was a mess. Y'all kind of quiet. Y'all ain't never, I y'all ain't never dated somebody before. Oh, my God. There you go. <laughs> so in the same way, what if God gave us everything we want? Wouldn't that be scary? But God gives us what we need. He gives us what we need. And at the same time, there's no reason to complain in here. All y'all looking good. Beautiful smiles this morning. God is using you right now. God is growing you right now. There's no mistake and no, no mistake in this room. God is doing magical things in all, all of y'all lives in this room. He's doing amazing things to you all in this room. He's doing some great things in this room. There's no reason to complain. The Lord is allowing you to be exactly where you're at right now. For his own glory. For you to encourage somebody else or somebody here to encourage you. So be thankful this morning. That you are in Jesus. That God doesn't make mistakes. That you are abiding in him. You're going to get heaven. You're going to get new bodies. He's teaching you patience. He, uh, he has redeemed you. He has justified you. All these great things we get in Christ. We can't do it anything this morning. But praise the Lord and say thank you Lord. For another day of life. Thank you Lord for what you have done for me. That I am here at Trinity Village. I get to proclaim your name. I get to encourage everybody around me. To trust you. So you all in here, you guys are clothed in so much righteousness. You guys have it so good because what Jesus has done. And I tell you what, he hasn't brought you this far to leave. He brought you all the way here. He's not going to leave you. So if things doesn't go your way today, look to the Lord. The Lord allows certain things to happen for us to learn in those particular moments. Miss Ashley probably could have Got jobs all around the country. And she's here. The Lord had her to be here. The Lord allowed her to be here. For her to encourage you all. For y'all to encourage her. Mr. Gaddy. He has played the piano probably for how many years now? 60 years. For 60 years he has played the piano in many churches. But the Lord have him here at Trinity Village to play the piano for us. Did the Lord make a mistake? That was all part of his plan. The Lord knew we was going to be worshiping. He knew we were going to need somebody to play piano. The Lord already done all this. So family, the Lord is working in ways we don't understand. 
Some of you ladies in here color. How many of you are ladies color? Some of y'all might admit. All these things you're doing, the Lord allow you to do these things for his own glory. So trust him. He's not making a mistake. But continue embodying in him, believing in him, and trusting in him. For those that do not trust in him, there's no eternal life. You don't get benefits from the great, the vine, which is Jesus. But for, but for those that truly believe in him, you get the benefit from the vine, which is Jesus. So I said, believe in Jesus. Turn to him. Turn from your sin and put your faith in him this morning. Amen? Amen. 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 Let me pray for us. Our Father God, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for allowing us, Lord, to be back another day. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for being the true vine. Lord, let us trust you forever. Let us rest in you forever. Let us abide in you forever, Lord. Bless your people, Lord. Let us know that, Lord, we don't have to want because you will provide our fire. You will provide for us. And, Lord, for those that are here that are not believe in you, I pray that the word would preach faithfully that many put their faith in you this day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.